What is up, bums? I hope everybody is having a great day today. Um, before we get started on this episode and what uh, me and Eddie are going to be talking about, please check out our social media, mainly Instagram's the go-to one. Please check us out, T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S. Uh, on there, you'll also find a link to our Spotify, which you can see all our episodes through the Instagram. Also, check out our website, uh, www.strugglingbums.com. Uh, with that out the way, today, me and Eddie have a good, uh, I think, interpersonal one, but also something on the verge of psychology and, you know what, sociology, even if you really think about it. Uh, we're going to be talking about trust and relationships. With that being said, we're just going to jump right into it, Bums. But before we get to that, Eddie, how are you feeling? You all right, man? Yeah, I'm good. You can hear me, right? Yeah. All right. So everyone that's not, you might, when this gets posted, you might see one blank screen and then Bryce and I. I'm, I don't have my setup, so I know my laptop isn't the best for recording my voice and my camera. So I was like, well, I'll just try and use my phone. So I just spent some time trying to figure out how to like do it. So if I look over, I'm looking at my laptop. And then here's I'm looking at my phone. So I, yeah, it's just one of those weird things, just a heads up. But yeah, and also the other thing I was thinking about mentioning is, dude, I, we always record pretty much after I practice. And I'm always cut lacking because my hair looks like shit. Um... So just for the audience, you know that if I'm, I just got back from practice. My hair looks terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, you have hair at least, so you're not rocking the, <laughs> the lack of hair. The, lack so, of hair. the LeBron? Yeah, honestly. It's just built different. That's what it really built is. Built different, yeah. yeah. Right. Now, otherwise, but, I'm okay, man. I think cool. this is a clear indication of two people here that trust that they can uh, share some of their Maybe insecurities and things they don't like, but they know True. that it's all mutual respect and love. You know, maybe a good example of healthy relationship or trust, per se. As we get into it, Eddie, what what is trust? What is, like, trust? And what do you think it's, like, foundational to a relationship as we kind of talk about this episode? Um, And I'm not looking for, like, per se, the analytical side. I'm just, like... You know, your own personal take maybe on this. Uh, I think honestly, it's just kind of like people you can depend on or yeah. like people like, and I don't depend on such a broad word, but it's like either for them to follow through with something or to do something, or if you want to say something, you know, that it'll be in full trust and confidence, like all that stuff. And it's like such a broad way of saying it, but I think it's a good way of encapsulating trust. Yeah. I mean, Using Google, you know, hate me if you will for that, but it's just a firm belief in the reliability, comma, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, you kind of have faith, almost like confidence where you have faith in yourself, trust is faith in others, essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, trust is essential to relationships because relationships are a per se partnership, per se, of two people that. They don't necessarily like each other, but they're getting some sort of mutual benefit from each other to a certain extent. Or hopefully they are, I should say, because relationships can be a little iffy um, in certain aspects. But you cannot have a healthy relationship without trust. Trust is a key to so many things, you know, because outside of doing stuff as an individual, if you rely on anybody or really anything that you can't control, I mean, you're putting trust in outside of people you know inanimate objects you're putting trust in your car to get you to work every day you're putting 
trust that your house was built the right way so it doesn't collapse on you. You know, you're putting trust in that the food you eat was safely handled at a restaurant. I mean, people don't think about it, but like you are putting in so much trust every single day. But that's why we wanted to really talk about this. So, Eddie, I saw that you had a you had a class model on trust. You want to talk about that? Yeah, dude, the fact. Okay, so our audience again, we wrote this a while back. (laughs) I don't remember what fucking trust module was anymore, dude. Uh, um, but I, my assumption is there's a psychological part of trusting someone else, um, and or entities. Like, as an example, I think Bryce kind of outlined it well enough. When we go to restaurants, there's a trust between entities, such as the people, the customers that are going to eat there, and then the restaurant people themselves. That the like, like I said, the food we're going to eat is going to be okay. Um, that that they're doing what they can to prepare their food. And then likewise, they're expecting the customers not to destroy their stuff and all the other things. I think there's like these social contracts that exist. And while this may not have been in my class module, this is probably something that maybe even Bryce can speak of more to because from a, it's a little more sociology than it is psychology. But that exists. And I think it's a really important part. And it's something that's like undersold. I think commonly people just think trust is only between friends or partners and stuff like that. But it's like, it's trusting so much. Stuff. It really is like I go to a restaurant trusting that my food isn't just going to give me the shits or something like that. Right. Like, or I'm going to throw up after eating it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. Well, not funny, but when people get food poisoning, like that kind of changed their way of change. I know a guy that like he got food poisoning at a major chain and like, he just refuses to ever go back. And it's like, it's totally understandable, but it's like, it's, it's so much a lack of, I think it's a bigger lack of trust than it is that you ate something that made you sick for a couple of days. But, hey, I want to talk about the eight pillars of trust. I think, I don't know if that's necessarily what your module was based on, but this is something that I kind of found and wanted, I think we could talk about. And everywhere from establishing trust into building, like, when you, like, truly trust someone. So clarity. Um, Clarity starts with honesty. People people trust the clear and distinguish um, the vague. Oh, I should mention that I am using a Jostle blog, which is a... I think fair, fairly well-known blog, but it talks about like social issues and sometimes concepts. But I think clarity, I think the first thing you're building trust is I think commonality. I don't know about you, Eddie. I want to use the example of Friday football and kind of how our friendship maybe developed from that as the clear baseline as examples. I think it was very clear for us, just using this example, that we were all in the field to play football. It was very well communicated that we weren't there to play soccer, you know, and this is like a very basic way, but I think even when you're building complex relationships or, you know, building complex trust per se, like that maybe someone will save your life, you gotta have clarity. Clarity that they are gonna perform this task, that there is a there is a common understanding. You think I'm fairly accurate at here? Feel, feel no, free to I, I mean that's like I mean, we're talking. When I look at trust and positive psychology, some part of it is too is building boundaries and stuff like that. Like you have to be able to communicate these things. Those are like you have to have things that you're willing to like have in common in in a communicated way. Yeah. Or a a similar objective to even want to be in any kind of relationship or anything like that. Well said, Eddie. I think that points to the second pillar here: compassion. You have to think beyond yourself. 
There are the four key ways to show this in that we can listen, we show appreciation, we're engaged, and we serve others. Again, looking at the looking at Friday football is just our clear example. You know, when you go on the field, you're listening to your friends. Hey, I want to play this long, or hey, we're gonna be out here, or hey, you know, everybody can play. That was like a big thing for us. Show appreciation. I think everyone was like, Oh, I'm so glad everyone came out. You know, another big thing with the bums was we loved having new people come because you just never knew what someone could do, you know, and it was cool to be inclusive. You got to be engaged. You got to play the game. You know, no one wants anyone to sit on the sideline and just watch unless they're injured, AKA someone's ankles. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and then serve others. It's a game to win the game per se, unless you're certain just studs on the field. But even then you need the quarterback to throw you the ball. You know, but you got to serve others. You got to kind of block for each other and 2v2 and you got to support and you got to cheer on your friends. So I think that's where the compassion comes from. And in a relationship, you have to listen to the other party. You got to show some form of appreciation or they're not going to want to stay around. You have to be engaged. You're never going to get another step forward if you're not engaging. And you have to you have to put yourself out there in the sense of serving others. Yeah, this is a relationship of I give you A, you give me B. Go ahead, Abby. Uh, yeah, just real quick on that piece. I think it's really important. I'm looking up, uh, this is on positivepsychology.com. I had to use it a lot for my master's program, but unlike there are 12 ways to build trust, it's like be true to your word, but then like communicate effectively, be clear about commitments, right? Like to your whole point of like, this is why we're here. We're trusting. We all know why we're here. So we can all do what we need to do. Build it, trust gradually. Be consistent, participate openly, which includes listening, giving feedback, being a team player, like the whole thing, right? Being honest about your stuff, helping each other, you know, and showing compassion. So like, those are all like really important aspects of building trust, even from yeah. a positive psychology perspective. So, yeah. Kind of stepping into pillar three character, you have to have high morals and consistency throughout your words and actions. Uh, always ask, am I doing the right thing? I think well, this is such a common theme with the bums. And that nobody that has stayed around is a bad person at heart. Like I'm the bums have made mistakes. There's definitely been people that have made mistakes and there's people that are on the outside of the bums per se. You know what I'm talking about? That morally ambiguous in things where people didn't like it. You know, it was cool and play football, but maybe doing social stuff with them was definitely taboo. And so, and I think too, I mean, just speaking to the character of a lot of people that are in that group, good people they do good stuff they don't they're not causing harm to anybody and they're trying to do good things in society so i think too for a healthy relationship you know you want someone that has at least similar morals i'm not saying they have to be high but you gotta have gotta have similar um moving forward to the fourth pillar competency someone has to have humility sorry humility is the first step in learning create a regular plan for staying competent and capable I think I, I understand this one and competency is like just a fellow understanding. I think it's a, we're going to continue to build. You're not going to get stagnant in the trust building process. I think this is Friday football as I think we just had mutual understanding. That's how I kind of see this more. I'm not sure the competent and capable. I mean, we're always all, no one did anything. I think that too, like no one really got seriously hurt. No one had broken arm. No, we joke about ankles getting shredded, but not seriously. And I will say every time someone got hurt, 
heavily or not. Half the time we had quote unquote a medic. <laughs> Uh, shout out to our ATs that played with us. Or we were always cool about someone would go get ice. Someone would make sure if someone got a concussion, they were okay. Like, that's how I kind of think about the competency. Eddie, any thoughts on that? Um, I think it's just being, like, I think actually my perspective on it is learning more about how you can be better at building relationships, maybe. So, like, yeah. maybe taking things beyond just, I'm here to play football. We all know it. And I'm not going to be a dick to I'm going to be invested in like maybe helping this guy get better or I'm going to yeah. try and get better here. And as I do that, they're going to trust me more and they're going to throw me the ball more. Like, I think in the context of that, that's like, it's competency and building trust in relationships. Yeah. Well, I think we, when we talk about, you know, maybe not what fall term looked like as freshman, but as winter term, I think people started to ask more personal questions. We had a friend that in the spring term disappeared for a couple of days and we were all generally very concerned, you know, and we had guys going through some stuff and we were like, Hey man, are you okay? And like, especially for guys, I think that was fairly revolutionary depending. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great example. Eddie. Yeah. Um, moving forward to the next one, uh, commitment, great leadership demands sacrifice. The people who stick with you when things are tough are the ones <laughs> really trust and Eddie, you start this one because I I think I know. What do you want me to say? I but I I want you to take this one. Take it. Take I it mean, away. honestly, there are some times I just want to like. I don't want to say I don't want to punch you guys. There's some times <laughs> where I'm like you guys need to like Jesus. Like I don't even know if I want to say that, but I'm like. Well, well, stop. let's use the example of uh, we'll just call him PJ. He was a guy that originally was our quarterback, quote unquote leader. Oh. He was telling everybody what to do. And he made no sacrifices as a leader. He did the opposite of that. Sa he sacrificed us. And I think that made things very clear in that we didn't want him in our relationship slash very much trusted the guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you remember me and him had some personal issues. And yeah. it was just, I don't trust you and yada, yada, yada. But on the flip side, for the bums that don't know, Eddie is the certified leader of the bums. Whether he likes to claim the title or not, He's, he's our quarterback, and, and it was his house at the bunker, and he settled all disputes, and no one really – I don't know if anyone's ever gone against, per se, your final ruling on – I knew about it, though. That was the thing. There was stuff that, like, happened and went on that, like, I knew about or learned about afterwards, and it was just like, I don't know, like, not yeah, that much I could – I mean, nothing not do. we could do about here, you know? Yeah, but I would say, you know, great leaders should demand sacrifice. I mean, Eddie, you sacrificed your house – there's a couple times you sacrificed your furniture, um, for those who know, and um, some other things. So, I mean, I just think, like, this makes total sense in why yeah, yeah, you. you're probably the most trusted bum and, you know, whatever. But moving forward, connection. Uh, yeah. Truth is about relationships. In every, inter in every interaction, we increase or decrease trust. Be genuine, be grateful, avoid gossip. I, again, looking at the bums and looking at connection – I think we were all very similar people. We had a lot in common, even if we didn't know it at the time. And I think it was cool that looking at the group, like everyone was fairly genuine. Now, there were some people that definitely tried to play some things off, but I think we figured all that out relatively quickly and just kind of took them for who they were and maybe the reasons why. I think gratefulness, um, I don't know if outwardly expressed it, but I think, uh, uh. yeah, I uh, go ahead. You know what's funny about saying gratefulness and gratitude is 
it's it's almost like I hate to say it like this, but it, it if I'm if I'm tr- being trustworthy of something that's happening, um, like hold on, I gotta pause this real quick. I apologize. Can I hit pause? Can I? Any? I think I can only stop it. All right, just stop it. No, no, no. Keep, we'll keep it recording. I will be right back. Yeah. Is that like the 16th minute? And we'll come back talking about gratitude and trust. All right. One I'm second. sure we got two more pillars after that. But... Uh, my mom had to move my car. There was like a street sweeper. Oh. So I was making sure she had my keys. Okay. Whenever you're ready, we will drive back into basically gratefulness and avoiding gossip and the connection, which is pillar six. Two more. You ready? It's nice that there's a timer on the outside, so at least in the editing side. For sure. All right. So it's about... 16-ish cut about 16 18 minutes <clears throat> alright so basically when we talk about like gratitude and trust it's funny because I was looking at the positive psychology thing and it clicked in my brain too you know I, one of my uh, big projects I had to do for applied positive coaching which was like one of the more applied classes is expressing how is the uh relationship between trust and gratitude and how that can help build teamwork and all that stuff. And I think when we talk about expressing your emotions and learning how to communicate effectively with others and show your feelings, that's such an underrated part of that, as well as being able to listen actively to the people that are around you. And even when we talk about uh, minding relationships, you talk about reciprocating and empathizing is kind of in a way and then listening as well. And accepting respect. I mean, all those have to do with like expressing gratitude in a way and continuing it because having those relationships in your life, you're willing to be able to say, Hey, thank you. Or if you don't, if you, it's hard to say thank you for some people, you're willing to be like, you know, just as an example, it's, I think Daniel wasn't quite as open with a lot of his emotions and stuff. But like when I was in college, there was a really late night. No one was answering my phone. I, I was trying to drive back. I had to help someone at the hospital. And it's like 3, 4 a.m. I'm like, dude, I have no way back. I have to take this person home. Like, it's so far. Who do I call? Who do I text? And it's like, Dan- I called Daniel for whatever reason. I like just felt like he's going to answer. He like ran from like the second ring and was like there in like five minutes to help me out. And yeah. like, you know, I expressed my gratitude for that. And like, that was one of those moments that you just build a lot of trust in each other. 
Um, and I appreciate that. And that's something I've told him before, but I think in a way that's like also him saying like, I trust you and I'm willing to be there for you kind of thing. And like, that's also his way of like, you know, I think it's kind of one of those things where like sometimes people have difficulties expressing emotions. So they express it in other ways. So, yeah. Yeah. And and I think uh, just being grateful. I mean, I remember a clear example. You kind of kind of caught me my freshman year. I was telling you, I think I was struggling with accepting you guys as my friends versus like how I felt about my friends back home. And just kind of felt like I was like maybe betraying them in a way because I wasn't talking to them as much. And I think uh, I think you gave me you kind of talked to me just about how like that's just kind of growing up a little bit. And I I was really appreciative of that. Like it helped me kind of accept being per se it you know playing fried football and putting myself more out there uh and i think avoiding gossip is just a great way to not hurt a relationship you know i think uh there's a couple there's two bums specifically you know one case early early on i said something i shouldn't have but i was very upset with a certain person because they told that person who I wasn't even specifically talking about what I said and it caused me issues. And so I kind of felt like I got stabbed in the back a little bit. And then um, sophomore year, we had some issues with some other people that were in the group, just causing things outside that had nothing. They were bringing internal, pro- external problems into the group and it caused gossip. And that's how I kind of see it. It, it was causing issues. And yeah. luckily it kind of worked itself out, but I don't think the bums would have been what they ended up being had that been a regular problem. But outside of that, I mean, I don't think there's too many issues. I mean, don't get me wrong, things happen, but I felt like we always did our best to really deal with things straight up as best we could. And like Eddie already mentioned, you can't do anything you don't know about. You know, unfortunately, that's just a shitty part of it. But moving forward, contributions, pillar seven. One must deliver results to be trusted. Give attention, resources, time, opportunity, and assist when needed. I mean, again, the bums are more than a brotherhood, you know, and we really came through for each other, I think, in those latter years and as life got harder. And I don't know if we necessarily knew what we were building, but we definitely gave attention to our friends. I mean, freshman year, we were insufferable. We literally played football Monday through Sunday. And outside of that, we were hanging out in someone's dorm, typically Eddie's. Resources, I mean, I definitely bought a couple late-night pizzas at Carson for for some bums. And some other bums bought beverages for other bums. Fried and, Fridays, you know, baby. Oh, man, Fried Fridays. My, Shout out to my, everyone. My roommates and uh, a couple of the other guys know what's up. Fried Fridays, baby. Oh, man. Time and opportunity. Like I said, we spent a ton of time. Opportunity. I mean, I think this, I think a clear example is when you guys started Pike. Basically, you guys made it where anybody that was playing Friday football could come to the Pike events, for one, and two, had an opportunity to join. So I think that's just like maybe a micro, making a micro example. Yeah, and I would then, even say just creating opportunities too, where it's like, oh, we all want, we all like the Creed movies. Let's go watch it and yeah. figure out how to do that and squeeze that or into schedule. One for the Marvels. Huh? Deadpool one, the Marvel movie. Oh, dude! Oh, yeah. And then help. I mean, yeah. I can't say how many times the bones have helped me through certain things, and you know, especially specific ones. And as we talk about mental health, like some days I really don't know where I would have been, where I would be now had it not been for certain bones just really being there for me. Um, and then the final pillar, pillar eight, consistently. Probably the most important pillar um, and of all is giving meaning to all of the other pillars. You never uh, 
you never get one big chance to be trusted in your life and you will get thousands of small ones. Just, <clears throat> sorry, Peter, just one in inconsistency can change people's perspective. Again, I think at the end of the day, something that is very, very obvious with the group is how, how genuine everybody was. It's kind of amazing if you think about how open and honest everybody was about who they were. Not saying people don't grow, but I think it was very clear who everybody was in the group. And it was like, you know, by the end of freshman year, we'll just say as an example. And it was like, okay, yeah, I want to hang out with these guys for a long time. Like, you know, there was, and I think the people that we'll just use the term switched up on people, they're not, not somebody we all kind of hang out with anymore or really associate with. So yeah, I mean, th those are just, you know, obviously one example of trust, but I think as we look at it and using the example of the bones, I think we're a great, great, great case. Good Lord words. And when you look at these pillars of how we built our small little friend group and how it worked and how it's been such a um, good trusting foundational relationship. I agree. I think something that's interesting too is uh, I was looking on the site. They talk about developing self-trust, uh, yeah. which I think is something that like is an interesting concept. It's like maintaining your boundaries, discovering what your boundaries are probably would be the first part of that. Prioritizing your own care, um, keep promises you make to yourself. Like that could just be even just making goals. Like if your goal is to, I guess like my goal was to read 20 books this year. I'm on book nine or 10 right now. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not going to hit 20. Let's just say that. Um, it sucks, but that's a lot of books I'm about to read, which is, you know, I, I my promise really was to read books and I wanted to see how much I could read when I set that goal. Um, and while this is not the most I've ever read in a year, this is pretty good. Um, and I'm really enjoying myself as an outlet for myself. Uh, speak kindly to yourself. I think it's huge. Positive self-talk is a underlying theme of not just positive psychology, but as well as performance and increasing your performance and then being mindful of your emotions. So very similar. The consistency uh -huh. thing though, for you was like huge. Cause like consistency and everything is like absolutely necessary to ever progress. You ever want to be a better partner a better friend a better acquaintance better whatever you have to be consistent with it i'm curious eddie just for my own self because i know all those things i kind of struggle with like trust is a huge i'm not perfect and i think one of my huge downsides to myself is i don't think i think i can be very untrusting of certain people i think within the bums like i've been fairly cool to very specific people, but I definitely would call myself out for struggling with relationships and trust with certain people. And, um, you know, I think like a lot of that stems, well, I know just through therapy, like a lot of it stems from internally, I, I don't hit those boxes that you all, that you listed, but do you think that's like interesting that like externally speaking, you can hit maybe those boxes for other people. Like, I feel like I'm consistent for my friends. But like internally speaking, I don't feel like I'm very consistent for myself. I think that's something that everyone, yeah, that's one of those things that like everyone just because it, it it's like people always joke about like if I have to do something for myself, I ain't gonna do it. But if if I have to do it for a friend, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Dude, yeah, it's like dude, you gotta actually be there for yourself. But I think just so many people <laughs> aren't, and it, I think that's just a that's just a common. But 
What issue. I'd love to come back to that at the end where I self roast myself for struggling with trust and relationships, but uh, as we kind of stick to, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, okay. So what I should have done isn't just read class module on trust. I should have read the whole thing because it reminds me of what I think I was gonna say. So, <laughs> all right. So, ah, <laughs> uh, the bulbs are back, baby. Go uh, for it. Okay, so first of all, well-being theory and positive psychology, at least the way the one that we learned the the bigger because there's a few different kinds is positive relation, positive emotions, uh, engagement, relationships, meaning and accomplishment, total mind fart. And ever that? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. But like, you can't have higher well-being if you don't have good relationships, and you can't have good relationships if there's no trust. And there's no progression of trust or no progression of your ability to be around people and humans. And I think because trust is such an underpinning point of that, you literally can't, in my opinion, live a decent life. If not, if you don't at least trust one or two people outside yourself. Yeah. So let alone, sorry, and the the other piece, because I want to come back to it when I talk about other aspects of that is let alone if you only trust a few other people and not yourself, because that could also create a lot of harm. Yeah. So let's talk about it, Eddie, because I think something I've learned, excuse me, is trust can begin. Trust does begin at anywhere between 18 months and 24 months of a human being's life cycle. Like, what? Bro, before that, man. Oh, okay. So the first thousand days of life, man. That's why I was going to also talk about attachment styles and observational learning. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about just before we get into is the importance of trust at a young age. And I, you know, I could definitely speak on myself here, but I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the, like, maybe not the science, but how, when you don't get it at a young age, like it really does make, it can make your life a lot harder. And, you know, we've talked about this extensively because of certain friends that, you know, just from, we can tell they struggle with trust and, you know, other things. And it's like, it's almost directly from their childhood. And it's like, wow, it's crazy how, the lack of trust and maybe relationships can nurture to an adult like issues. So, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's I, where I, I was headed to those last few points that were uh, audience can't see it, but Bryce, the last few points, that's exactly where I was headed. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With the, with the attachment styles, with observational learning, peer to peer stuff. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Okay. Before you go into it, the one thing I found on psych, uh, Psych Central, it's another blog post. Um, it says, like, chronic distrust can come at a young age from either traumatic incidents and unloving of a, sorry, I don't mean to laugh, unloving of a child, uh, an unexperienced betrayal in other relationships, and a inconsistent schedule, which I think kind of tags into the experienced betrayal, uh, betrayal, oh my gosh, and other relationships. Yeah, I'll just use myself. Like, I know why I lack trust and suffering relationships. And without getting too involved, it's definitely all of these things I've just mentioned. And, and like, it wasn't until I went to therapy that I'm like, oh, so you're telling me all this bad stuff that happened to me at a young age is why I most likely struggle with trusting new people and, you know, this, that, and the other. It's like, holy cow, it was a revolutionary moment for me which is why i'm really working on that but um 
but yeah, take it away, Eddie, because I know you know your shit when it comes so, to when it comes this. to attachment styles. It's something that you do learn in psychology, and especially with positive psychology, you learn about relations, things like that. I know it's kind of changed over the years about what exactly are the components, and that's something that's big about science in general and academia is how things change based on information. Um, and I think uh, it started with this guy named. Uh, should I say? Let's see how recent these articles. This one's basically attachment styles are the way in which a parent develops a relationship with their child, um, and it is essentially based on an individual scientist named John Bowlby, um, and has been further elaborated upon by, I mean, generations of psychologists since that happened back in like the fifties, sixties in psychology um and so basically the concept is we can begin to see how certain babies behave with their parents and can then predict how that baby may develop socially down the road and how they might eventually develop relationships with other people so to bryce's point like babies that were neglected or not shown love or were inconsistently shown love may then have issues growing up with developing trust with other people because, well, they didn't learn how to properly develop relationships because they didn't have examples of it when they were growing up. And you, that's something that can go from when you're an absolute baby to older. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say even too, you know, even if maybe baby side is okay. Like I think even at a younger youth age, like early yeah. five, six, seven, eight year olds, even I think, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm more of asking the question, I, guess, I should say. No, no, you're right. And I think something that this article I found too is the foundations are not faith. So just by saying, like, let's say this person grows up with a um, dismissive attachment, which is anxious avoidant in children. That's how I learned it as. But essentially, that means that this child eventually learns to be independent because they eventually are like, oh, well, they're not showing the most. I, I know they're not going to come help me. So therefore, I'm independent and don't need it. Um, sorry, my grandma's dog came up here. She's at my feet. And so eventually they grow up into very independent individuals who feel as if they, and they value it so highly, they don't always develop super intimate and trust relationships, or it might be surface level, right? So like, but that doesn't mean that they're only going to be that. That person can change. Humans are able to evolve and adapt. And that's where I think I wanted to come in and talk about observational learning theory and peer-to-peer -peer relationships. Because I think it can be really important when, like, we begin to meet people as we get older that show us how things can be done differently. You know, growing up, if you grew up with that style and you saw it constantly from your parents and your aunts and uncles or any other parental-ish figure that was in your life, but then you go out in the world and you're in high school and college, you start seeing how those styles, there are different ways for people to interact with one another and develop relationships. You may begin to rethink really how you see relationships and build trust with others. So that's, like, a really important part of building trust in relationships yeah. damn dude nailed me like a hammer on a nail son of a bitch I, i'm not gonna out the person i was thinking of either too when i thought of that example but yeah <laughs> well besides you yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah 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 um that yeah i mean the importance of developing trust at a young age i mean try your best to not screw up your kids because you know <laughs> have long-term faith but what about the importance of the ability to form trust, Eddie? You know, I think the perfect example, we had a we had a bum that... You mean I form relationships or trust? 
I was the importance of the ability to form relations. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think of this as people that could not read a room sometimes, and in the sense that, like, we had this guy that he was he was even a little weird for the buns at times, but he was cool overall. But he was the type of dude that, like, we would just say we were at a kickback with a lot of females, and he would go in and start saying a bunch of inappropriate stuff, and it's like. Bro, just just chill. You don't need to come in saying just the wildest shit anyone's ever heard. That would make even your homies be like looking at you like questioning this shit. This is where hey, I yo. You're like, yo, man, these don't do this. Like, it's okay <laughs> to be yourself, because we know that's who you are. But maybe just read the room, understand that you haven't built that type of relationship yet right. with these strangers, you know? before you start saying just the most like out of pocket like you need to be saying this stuff in a concrete bucket with the bros to make sure nothing gets said outside that door like you everyone knows that knows us knows exactly who i'm talking about love the guy have no problem with it except when it's like okay we're bringing some friends over you can't be talking about this like that because they don't understand the context of you joking and i think that comes back to a clear what I would say is probably a lack of boundaries growing up from my understanding, but I think it's a failure to, to recognize that they have not built that relationship or comfortability per se. But I'm more curious that if you have more of an analytical side to that, Eddie. No, it seems kind of accurate. Maybe they're just things would be said in certain ways or addressed in contexts that for the majority of other people may not have been appropriate. But for them, it was just done. So that's what you learn. So that's how you kind of develop. Well, and um, I tend to yeah. wonder on the more extreme side, when people do like actual crazy shit, mm-hmm. I wonder if part of that aspect is them just not realizing that they have not built that relationship with the people. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, it could even maybe be over trusting people. It's like, oh, I, oh, yeah. I'm okay being myself and then not even in a, I'm going to be myself unapologetically more in like a, I'm just going to be myself because I like other people and they're going to like me and that's going to be how it's going to be. And I think maybe they just were overvaluing relationships potentially. Oh yeah. That reminds me of someone else that kind of hangs around now that I think about it. It's interesting. She said that because I never thought it on the flip side. Yeah. Um, but looking forward a little bit, thinking of all the things that we depend on each other. I mean, I kind of went over it a little bit and just that why trust is so essential to at least have some form of it, because again, you're trusting food and you're trusting. I think I'm curious, Eddie, now as I think about this, do you feel like maybe part of the reason that things got so crazy in 2020 and 21 and whatever was in 19, whatever, um, partly besides of exterior things going on, do you think it was just a lot of people starting to lose their trust in each other? Like, cause that's what, cause I'm kind of talking about like fake news and the age yeah. of misinformation. Like, I think that is a superb way to look at people lost trust in a lot of things. And a lot of people. Everything. Yeah. You know, the age like the, research and yeah. You know. When the veneer gets wiped away, it's like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Wait a minute this isn't exactly how I thought it would be. And you kind of scrambled to latch on to what might be true or what might not be truly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's interesting in looking at it. And I wonder, I wonder how you per se lose, lose trust. I think consistency, all those things we name that you do to gain trust are the same things you can do. If you do the opposite of you lose it. 
Right. And I think it's just interesting looking at society and <clears throat> again the the person eight pillars. I mean, lack of clarity definitely there. Lack of compassion definitely there. Lack of character definitely there. Lack of competency there definitely there. Lack of commitment definitely there. Lack of connection definitely there. Lack of contribution. <laughs> lack of. Con- <laughs> It's just it, it just goes on, and I'm just like holy. Think of many examples for each of those. Dude, yeah. we could do a whole episode on lack of trust. I mean, yeah. god dang. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, moving forward and building trust between. Oh, actually, oh, last, last thing on that, I think when we when I think of think of all the things we depend on each other for, and coming back to that concept of I trust versus relationship, this restaurant not to poison me. Uh, for those that don't know, I've been watching a show called Doctor Stone. Uh, advocated by Bryce as well as a few other people. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and one of the concepts is basically uh, humanity's technology gets wiped away and you kind of end up, this, these characters wake up 3,000, almost 4,000 years later and things are so different. And I think one of the coolest things to really think about is trying to build trust again between humans um, and then doing things to build technology up again and then trying to figure out how you can trust those things or how you may not trust those things um, and how they're interpreted. I think it's such a cool concept to think about. Um, I didn't even, I didn't even really think about that before we started talking. And then when you mentioned the restaurant thing and how things work, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. 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 It's almost like if Eddie would just spend the rest of his life watching all these different animes, we could do a whole nother <laughs> podcast about how anime bleeds into real life. Because we'll definitely have to do a Dr. Stone episode now. Now that yeah. you know, you know. R.I.P. the Mythbusters episode, though. Broke my fucking heart. God damn it's it. It's an anime, bro. Like, yeah, man. I believe. I got faith. <laughs> no, I figured it was not yeah. completely true. But there was a part of me I was like, I want, I'd still love to see the test. See how, like, th- inaccurate, maybe. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, like I don't the, think they were all completely wrong. Like, I we we've definitely seen some pretty like out there stuff that's definitely not <laughs> possible. Yeah. I think they were definitely not walking that line. They were more walking the, this is pretty believable, but we're gonna take it just a step further. I think in a yeah. lot of ways, yeah. Not not so unbelievable that it's like, well, I mean, who knows? But yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. Look, looking at building trust between friends, you know, getting maybe a little more specific. The importance of listening. I. I'm going to start talking a little personally and not going to name anybody by myself, but like something I've learned through, thank God, Eddie and some other friends that have talked to me and therapy is that I struggle to, I, I listen, but I don't know if I ne- necessarily like, I don't want to use the word listen, but I don't know. I, I don't comprehend maybe what people are trying to tell me. You know, I'll use a s- specific case. I got into an essentially some sort of argument with some friends a while ago. And I didn't really understand why they were so upset. And luckily, through a third party and us texting and really getting specific about things, was I fully able to understand the issue. And then from there, able to make amends. Um, I I think like, you know, I think that I, I don't know. I feel 50-50 on it because I'm the type of person I have. People need to be very specific with me. I'm not very good with broad messages like i just don't my brain's just not very good at like oh that's what they need like i need hardcore details personally like another we'll just use a clear we'll just use a super no, easy I, yeah, yeah i was gonna add to that but you yeah, finish 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 
I, I agree. Yeah. Teach me to play football, Eddie. <laughs> um, first thing I learned was catching. And like, I think you did a great job. But what I needed reinforcement wise, when I started working equipment, it was like, look, when you when the ball hits your hands, it's gonna hit these fingers. And you make sure it hits these exact fingers. How are you gonna do that? You're gonna make this beautiful diamond. Which you were telling me the diamond. I understood that. But the conceptualized that I need to get, you know, at least these fingers touching it every time, it was like brain exploded. And from there on, you know, I think after I joined equipment, you can attest that I learned how to catch finally after yeah, you, you had to learn because you were college. fired by D1 athletes. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Jay Herbo, man. Those things, I think I only caught one my entire life because those things were some rockets. The, no, Eddie, you can, people can laugh at me. No, I never want to catch with Justin Herbert. You've seen guys drop, you've seen guys that can catch the football drop those when he's, oh, yeah. Slinging. Oh, yeah. When he's slinging those. Oh, yeah. man. But it's, go it's, ahead. It could be a registered firearm. Is his right arm? Easy. Oh, dude, you ever took one of those to the face? I no, thank God. Terrible. Yeah, you had to um, go see. <laughs> you had to go see Chief and everyone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Active listening and active constructive responding are both important aspects of building relationships. So active constructive responding is like. Um. When like let's say Bryce. Feel free to help me. No, no, no. Like, let's say, like, Bryce got into his master's program. It's like, oh, man, that's awesome. How'd that feel? What was it like getting that news? Is like you are then taking an active part in that conversation and having them, re like, having, like, Bryce go back and say, oh, man, I was so excited and so relieved and all this stuff. And then the person then is like, oh, Bryce will feel better about coming to me about good stuff that's happening so therefore you further build trust and consistency and relationship there the other active listening part is like you know it's a bryce's part about reading the room and stuff like that it's also reading people it's oh i know that this person usually behaves this way but they're really quiet right now like what's going on when they talk right that's like active listening the detail part dude i the amount of times i see on twitter and reddit and everything is like the ask men stuff it's like how many uh times were you flirted with and it took you like years or months to realize that someone flirted with you Damn. and bro it's so fucking funny you're gonna so bring up I, like psd right now yeah i don't know if it's just a thing because i feel like it, I, and maybe i'm not prepared enough with research to say one way or the other about the way that women or versus guys kind of interpret messages and are able to listen actively and stuff like that um, but I'm sure there's some part of that that's involved there. Um, and I think it's just funny to think that, that listening really is important and it goes beyond just your, your hearing. Yeah. I mean, I'll, again, I'm just going to out myself because why not? Like when it comes to like talking to women and like dating, I'm fucked because like I, I, I need like extremely specifically to be like, I like you, let's do this this and this let's take the relationship to this like i i have no intuition i have a <laughs> batting zero out of zero here and like i'd love to be better about it but i'm not even sure how do you per se improve i've worked with some family relatives to because like even they think it's somewhat an issue to work on it and i've yet to have success in that 
Now, do I think that's the same as reading a room? Obviously not. Should you make jokes about certain things around certain people? Absolutely not. You know, <laughs> I don't think that's intuition, though. I feel like that intuition. No, no, it's the same thing, though. It's it's, it's reading and being able to like think about things, but yeah. you have more practice doing that than you would in a lot of ways of talking with women. To be honest, oh dude, I'm 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 scared so, to It's Run it's away. like the same it's same same idea of like you practicing your soccer skills. It's like oh, you're a lot better at playing defense because you like it more and you're doing it more than your yeah. offensive skills, right? Same concept. That it's great muscles. Say then. Yeah, it's all just muscles, you know? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And then, you know, talking about in the terms of building trust between friends, like, how have we done it? You know, I think, you know, unfortunately, like, growing up, I met a lot of guys. So I struggled being around other kids just because I feel like I didn't relate. And, like, I didn't find a lot of commonality originally. Long story short, fast forward a couple of years, I was getting bullied a lot. And so my genius school thought they needed to put me in a, a friendship building class. Well, it was so bad that here's the thing. Here's the running joke. All the kids that were bullying me were in that class with me, Eddie. I'm sure you can already imagine where this is going to go or have an aspect. Because they were struggling to make friends too. But they were it's because they were bullying them. Dude, that class was the worst, one of the worst experiences in my youth, youth life. Everything below the age of 12, I'll say. That was just, oh, this is, it, it was literally a couple of teachers and they would come in and they'd be like, they would put like situations on this little whiteboard and they'd be like, what should you do in this situation? It's like, Tommy knocks Johnny over in a soccer game. What should you do? Should you pick him up or should you stomp on him? And not to out anybody in that class, but like, besides me they'd be like oh yeah stomp him out he's a p-u-s-s-y and i'd be like pick him up <laughs> like we had a little star system i was the only one with a star man i i mean like i don't want to like say anything horrible about those kids whatever but it was just like this is a bunch of but this is not how you make friends man yeah. and like i think funny enough like i didn't really start to make good friends so i got in high school and I think a lot of it was just kind of finding commonality, but also I think I finally kind of came out of my shell a lot and really opened up to a certain extent about myself. And like, I think that was helpful. So in terms of building trust and like making friends um, and just building quality relationships, I think it takes a tad bit of showing who you are personality wise. And as we've already talked about, you have to be at least be show enough that you're genuine, you know, People don't want to mess with people that are switching up on them every day. Like it gets exhausting. Or even be honest, be like, "Hey, look, like, and this is something that one of my good friends has taught me. This is someone that we want to be want to get." Or, oh my god, this is someone that we have talked about bringing on the pod here soon for a certain topic. But like something she taught me was like, not just the building boundaries part, but even like, "Hey, like, you're a really cool person, but I don't have the time in my life to hang out with you as much. So I still want to be friends, but like." I'm not gonna be around as much as I'd like to be to be your like really good friend and like that. Just letting you know. Yeah. And like that's absolutely okay thing to do. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing to think about because it's like you would only imagine that if you're in a relationship with someone is the way you would talk to them about that. But like with a friend, it's like, hey, like it's been great hanging out with you. I'm gonna be busy and all this other stuff. We'll try and hang out, but if not, is what it is. I think as we communicate, even Eddie, sometimes there's cases where it's like, hey man, I've got like four papers due. Like I. I'm going to be MIA for a minute. Right. You know, same way other people are like, Hey, I got this stuff going on in life or I just started this new job or dude, I think looking back, that's something I probably 
I I really felt that as a friend and like talking about how like much equipment was going to take over my life. I think in fairness, I didn't even know how busy I was about to be. Right. You no, know? but I think in hindsight, like, cause I don't know, I'm sure, you know, cause I've talked about it in the past. Like I upset a lot of friends, a couple bums when I started working for the equipment staff, because like, I just, I was M I A. I mean, right. Talk about the time I came to one of your surprise party and there was a, so many was so many new people there. They're like, "Who are you? Like, who I do you had know?" One surprise party. It was the only uh, one I had. Yeah, the one surprise. Sorry, getting yours for me. Jared. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few for others. Yeah, because yeah, but they were like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "Good lord, you know <laughs> you, you and the homies when there's new homies." Then they're like, "Who's this guy? Like, how OG are you?" There's a good One Piece reference in there, but I don't want to spoil it for you, Eddie. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it somewhere. One day. One day. One day. But one, um, way, one way of building trust, guys, watch the shows or do the things that your other friends like to do. Bro, one <laughs> dude. Oh, man. I, I get so much shit from, less from you, but like, Vernon gives me a little bit. Uh, Ryan has our other buddy uh, that introduced, that Ryan introduced us to. Isaac's done it a lot um stuff like that when it comes to some of those anime recommendations just because you haven't seen them or yeah because you guys give me recommendations for like shows or games and stuff like that and i'm like oh yeah i'll look into that i just never do (laughs) that's fair well you have to be interested and honestly every the anime community is so different diverse yeah yeah. that it's like there's people that only watch east guys there's people that only watch shown jump there's people that only watch you know very specific animes and it's like if that's not your thing, then you're just always going to piss that person off. It's like, true, true. you know, that's why me and Vern have become so close. Once we discover that both of us love one piece and it's like someone else will say something bad about it. And we start looking at each other like, All right, who's going to hit? <laughs> yeah. like, that's why it's like me and Daniel sometimes have disagreements now that we ever used to. Cause it's like, Oh, what, what do you, what do you think of that? Anime? Oh, you, you paid it? Oh, okay. I know exactly who you are as a person now. <laughs> Hey, this is all part of having relationships and building trust with one another. Yeah, I think it was fun. I remember, I think I got back from a bowl game or whatever. It was from the, it was 2018 because I was wearing that entire bowl game suit because that was like the only clean clothes I had. I think we had just gotten back. We watched a Raider game. I was wearing a Todd Gurley jersey. I walked in my pajamas all the way from my apartment to the bunker. And I just remember watching the Raider game with everybody. <laughs> it was just like, I guess we have a cheer for the Raiders or something like that. But I just remember you were super happy about it. But yeah, I don't know. Doing stuff together. I mean, some I'm of our most. Sure that was the same game, too, where uh, you got that uh, special sausage or whatever in the bag. That was the same game. That was the same day. Do you remember that? You walked out in the yeah, you day. walked out in a Todd Gurley jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. It looked like a fucking drug dude. Like, you came back in, like, Bryce, what did you get? You're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything was a brown paper bag. Um. Shit, you're not wrong. Uh, that's I have to bring that guy well, on. At least one. one of the times, yeah. Oh, it we definitely, definitely do. a couple. Maybe, that. maybe we can get him on with a another guy. Yeah, because talk about the Hawaii experience and stuff like that. Being, oh yeah, being yeah. on the islands and stuff. The Rock. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, another clear example is when we go to the movies together. I mean, Deadpool was an iconic moment oh, because God. you guys learned that sometimes when I laugh, I can't not stop. <laughs> And the fact that I think I think you told me I laughed for like twelve minutes straight or something during one scene. I mean, De- Deadpool too. 
Okay, so first of all, we went to go see Deadpool 1. Oh, dude, that was a cluster fuck. Three of us went to the wrong one, and the other four went to a different theater. We went to two different theaters, and we didn't realize until we were, like, getting tickets. We're like, yo, meet us in the lobby. And, like, I'm in the lobby. Where are you at? I'm in the lobby. Where are you at? We're like, oh, shit. We're all, like, that no one even realized there was two movie theaters in the air. (laughs) Yeah. But then we went to see Deadpool 2, and for those that haven't seen it, the scene where he forms X-Force, and they jump out the plane, and everyone basically dies. Bryce did not stop laughing from the moment they went to jump out that plane till well after Deadpool had been cut in half by uh, um, uh, the Juggernaut. Dude, I couldn't like, literally could not. I mean, granted, that was a hilarious out-of-pocket scene. But, oh, my God. I was looking at him like, dude, this guy's going to die. He does not stop laughing. I was, like, halfway down my seat, bro. I couldn't stop. You ever laugh so hard that your abs start hurting? You know, like, yes, I have. I was like, but yeah, I mean, that was like an iconic movie. And then when we went and saw the Marvels movies, dude, the amount of roasting that went in that Snapchat, I swear anybody else came in there and said those things and be on site. Because good Lord, the roast was cooking. Everybody got cooked. Everybody was cooking each other. And it's like, we look, we sometimes the Snapchats come up, and it's like, I'm going to beat your ass the next time <laughs> I see you. I can't believe the red m and the forehead jokes, it's just like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, ass. are you my friend? And that's the stuff that we can talk about. Seriously. Yeah, we can't talk about the other comments. I was yeah. thinking about that. I was like... Like, or the fact that there's a recording me DMing a specific Marvel actress after. <laughs> just, I, I mean, it's just. Like it's just stuff like that, but oh, we again, snuck in an extra person because I didn't buy enough tickets. Yeah, <laughs> but the point we're we're kind of reminiscing and telling the story is like it's small moments like that, nothing too crazy. It's just going to the movies with your friends and cracking jokes that you build. You build the um, foundational pieces to have like a lifelong friendship. Yeah, you know, because these are they- all people that we still hang out with and talk to when we can in the modern adult world, unfortunately. And I think, too, like, I don't believe, and Bryce, I don't know if you agree or not, it, had we not been as close as we were, we never would have won in the Austin tournament. Because I don't think we would have been able to, like, come back together and, and trust one another and be willing to listen to one another and, and really put together well, a combined effort. Well, so. talking about Friday football, maybe we should talk about that situation a little bit and maybe the one time the bums lost, I don't want to say trust, but maybe some faith in each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, that whole situation was just fucked because I'll admit I was somewhat problematic, but I'll agree that I would also agree that a lot of people were problematic. Oh, a lot of people were. I didn't do a good job managing it. There were so many people hurt. And like the other part too is I didn't take this class in my master's program. I kind of wish I did. <laughs> the psychology of the injured athlete. And it's something that like I go back to. And like it's funny because uh, the Glass Box series had Jacob Breland on there. And um, he's a, he was a tight end. When Bryce and I were there, he's great, famous, dude. yeah, great dude, famous. Well, not famous, but like we can name drop him. He's a um, he's an he's a yeah. public figure. Yeah, he's a public figure. Uh, and um, he talked about his experience when he got hurt, and he was like, he didn't quite reach suicide ideation, but he was incredibly depressed, and like, is this even worth it? And I think being hurt and having the people that we did on this team be hurt puts a lot of mental strain on you that you don't recognize. 
especially when you're just you're not even like playing it in a professional sense or even an amateur sense well i mean you don't think about the effect that that stuff has on you because stuff can be going on in your life and then here's something that you feel you're good at and you can't do it to the full capacity that you know you can that's really frustrating and that just further builds uh resentment and stuff like that that can hurt absolutely yeah i think yeah and i think too we're all fairly competitive i think we're not like do anything it takes to win but not as far as people might want to think about from the, yeah. how far we are from that i mean we're pretty like no fucking around and slacking off yeah unless you're having a good time you know but like when we were playing those games it was pretty serious yeah and so i think like my problem was not mine but i think looking back like <laughs> me, uh god dang it yeah okay yeah it's all fair it's all fair it's all fair game um me and one of the guys i worked with like we were doing equipment we were not in a healthy place like mentally at all right like and it was just like one bad play in a game as crazy as that sounds like we were snapping and we were typically snapping at each other because that whole work environment it's just its whole other story and everything that was kind of going on with that and then you add in your buddies are injured and so they're not performing the way they want to and the way that you kind of we had standards and expect them to yeah them to and That's so it's not only they being i think it was a situation not only were they extremely upset with themselves but when someone else would say it's just that it's the lighting of the dynamite you know oh yeah and then things get said that nobody ever means but in that moment it's like what the fuck yeah. you know luckily you know friendship prevailed friday football never really died thank god and i think once we got out there and everyone got healed I think everyone was pretty like, hey, these things were said, squashed it, it's all good. No one meant yeah. it. Went and back we- and won the game. I mean, how well trusted we know each other. I mean, I knew the moment that Daniel got shoved out of bounds that I had to grab him because I knew, I knew that man so well that if I did not haul as fast as I could to stop him, it was going to be a fight. And there yeah. was going to be no other, there was going to be no talking about it. Cause I knew Daniel's super angry. Actually, I take that back. I knew Daniel mildly angry was going to do something that he wouldn't typically do. And Daniel was beyond, Daniel was like blackout angry. He doesn't even remember, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, and I think too, like, as we talk about how the bums kind of felt about the situation, you know, I think there was that trust. You know, there were certain people on that team that maybe they're not the best of friends, but there is a mutual trust and respect amongst us and relationship that's like, not just going to shove my friend like that. Like, hell no. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I was going to even come back to just, we all took the initiative to be able to meet together and out of respect for one another to actually talk about everything that went on yep. and be able to move past it. Like Bryce had kind of squashing the beef that we had or lingering issues and then move forward. And that, that's why I wanted to bring this up because I think that was like a perfect example of having trust in each other, building good relationships, and then having them be tested. Not necessarily failing, but in a way failing. And then sure. coming back together and being like, hey, like, we got to do better. And that's it's cool because it's something that was mentioned in the positive psychology article I was reading from about reviewing consistency, acceptance, respect, all those things, continuity, being consistent, right? Being honest, filtering through emotions, like all those are so important to maintaining and building trust and relationships. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll talk about something I want to talk about specifically here about maybe my growth with trust is like a huge reason 
I struggle with trust is like fear of abandonment from past situations. Um, I think like looking back, it would have been very fair depending because of how I acted in some specific games. I even like the championship, but definitely had some outbursts to Eddie that were totally inappropriate, totally uncalled for. And it's like, had Eddie been like, you're done, man. Like you could hang around, but you're off the team. Like in hindsight would have been very fair. And I think, um, the constant, I don't know, forgiveness, I think is probably the best way to put it. And I think too, like having that kind of conversation after the loss, like you guys calling me out and just being like, dude, you're like hurting the team in, you know, the appropriate, it's just inappropriate behavior. Like we can't, you can't continue this. It's not sustainable. And I think like, I'll, I'll always make the argument that maybe more than I'd like to admit that was coming from work, but it's still not an excuse. But um, I think for me, like that was a huge thing in tr- like trusting you guys and the bums. Like the fact that I didn't get dumped off, like you still wanted me to be a part of it. It's like, Hey, you're still part of this, but you gotta, you gotta clean this shit up. And that's why I think like, I think it's so interesting that people get upset with accountability, but that's yeah. why personally, I'm all I'm a thousand percent for it. I think it gets a bad term because, and I've been in situations where accountability means you're going to get told what you did wrong and then you're going to get dumped, you know? But I think with you guys you kind of showed me how it can mean those things, but it's just like improve off of it, fix the issues. And then we're all good. Yeah, you know, one, one part of the 10 parts over here on building trust, admit mistakes. Yeah. Honesty encourages trust and showing vulnerability encourages trust. I'm going to, and I think it's one of those like high character qualities that like people actually genuinely respect. And if someone's willing to admit mistake and like be like, Hey, like that's my bad. And here's yeah. how I might go about fixing it. They're going to be more likely to trust them in the future. So. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I think for me, like I garnered a lot of like trust that I probably didn't have before and you and, and specific people that, you know, just kind of pulling aside and like, dude, what are you doing? You know? Cause I mean, you were definitely the main one, but you weren't the only one. And these were all people I very much respect their opinions and still take their opinions in today. So, yeah. you know, <clears throat> that's why it's like, I think I have a problem with people that never admit their faults or, or never like, Oh, I have no critique. It's like, dude, I perfect. I'm like bullshit. No one's perfect, but yeah. You know, but that's too why, like, I, I don't know. I do tend to wonder if like, maybe I overuse that in the modern bums. Not that we've had like a conflict in a while, uh, amongst maybe anybody super core. I don't know. Maybe that's mean saying that too, but I don't know. Like, I think sometimes maybe I on the side of like, I'm going to make these mistakes and expect that if it's messing, if it's upsetting someone that they're going to tell me and we can have a real conversation about it and I'll do my best to adjust from those mistakes. Like, I wonder if like, I maybe lean too much on that versus just not making them in the first place. I don't know. I'm trying to be a little broad about specific things. I mean, but... you can definitely actively make an effort to not make those mistakes, but then hope that, yeah, someone will call you out when you do make them or make other yeah. ones. But I feel like I haven't made the same mistakes twice, not like serious ones at least. Right, right. So I don't know, but I think that's like an important thing when you're like talking about relationships and trust. Cause like, even if you're looking at this from like more of a, like a emotional relationship, you know, someone that you per se love, it's like, I think when you have those deep connections and from what I've learned from 
couples that have been successful. It's like you don't just you know you don't just break up with someone because of one thing per se. You know, I think it's you know there has to be conversations and there has well, to be. They well, murdered yeah. someone, but you know, Depends. yeah, yeah. Sorry, not yeah, yeah. serious things. Don't want to talk about per yeah. se outliers. But if they you know they forget to pick you up from work one day, you don't just break up with them. You know, you have a you have these conversations and you find you know, per se solutions and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely. But I think that kind of covers, uh, have the bunch yeah. with stress and relationships and anything, etc. Eddie, you, is there any experiences you want to share where you felt like you maybe struggled with trust or relationships? Cause I know I've kind of talked about my own situations quite a bit through this. Um, I think just, I've made mistakes before in the relationships I've built, um, and not recognizing, I think that came a lot with maturity and growing up. And I think that's another thing to consider when thinking about trust relationships. There's only so much that you could do when you, and, and I'm reminded of that every day as I coach my players is how young they are. And despite how mature they may be in some aspects, when it comes to some of these things like building proper trust relationships, I got to understand that they're not, they're not quite there yet. And they're going to learn. Um, and even for me, looking back, I got to be a little bit compassionate for myself from the mistakes I've made while also being like, I can't do that again. Um, yeah. I got to make sure I don't do that again. Um, and that is, I mean, I'll just say that broadly, but I definitely made mistakes and I've been working really hard, especially in my recent uh, relationship with a uh, girlfriend to make sure I don't make those again. So, yeah. Love to see it. Otherwise, good I'm good. Yeah. Love to see it. But, well, all right. This has been Struggling with the Bums, guys. This has been our Trust and Relationship episode. Please. If you guys disagree with anything we said or relate to anything or think we were off the mark or anything, please comment on the episode when we post this one and let's have a real conversation. You can feel free to hit us in the comments. If you don't feel confident, don't feel sorry, comfortable with that. Feel free to send us a direct DM. Me and Eddie are always there to listen and discuss these things. We're not hard set on too much. So, and we're always open for a conversation. So please feel free to reach out to us and, Again, if there's a topic that you feel like we missed or we didn't cover well enough, hit us up. We're definitely open to any and all critiques. That being said, this has been Strong with the Bums. Check out our Instagram at T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S. Check out our website, www.strongwiththebums. This has been us. We'll see you bums later. Peace.